Bible, you know that we're studying it through the book of Ephesians, and we turn today to Ephesians chapter 6. Now, uh, it is, I'm going to have one more little piece for you, a little video clip for you um, before we start. There's a lot of extra stuff today, but um, it's so interesting that when I laid out the book of Ephesians for us to study through, it just so happens, I didn't plan it this way, that on Mother's Day, we would just happen to get to the passage that says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. So if you'd uh, just play this little video clip, pay close attention. I slept in past 6 a.m. Before I was a mom, I kept my house spotless. Before I was a mom, I never understood the value of a to-do list. You see, I'm kind of a night owl, so mornings do not come easy to me. Before I was a mom, I never knew the hit my finances would take on a meal out with the family. The other day, I stepped on a toy and thought I broke it. My foot, I thought I broke it. And have you taken your family out to eat recently? $40, gone. Before I was a mom, I never knew that I have the capacity in me to love someone else so much. I never knew the beauty of holding a child in my arms at two in the morning. I never knew how much my mom sacrificed for my family. I never knew how difficult it would be to lead a family without a husband. I never knew. I never knew. I never knew. I never knew. But I wouldn't trade it for anything. Anything. I wouldn't trade being a mother for anything else in the world. Because in those rare special moments, you just know. You know. You just know that you were created to do something that not everyone else can do. That God created you with a special calling. You know that God has called you to leave a mark of nurturing love. And unforgettable grace on the world around you. It's simply incredible. So today, I pray God blesses the moms in this church. The single moms, the married moms, the struggling moms, and the women praying to become moms. Today, may God bless you with honor, with validation, and most importantly, with love. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. The theme was before I was a mom, I didn't know. That's interesting, isn't it? Because I remember when I did my best parenting. I did my best parenting before I had kids, right? Before you have kids, why, you have advice for, for every mother in the supermarket whose child is throwing a tantrum. And before you have teenagers, you have lots of advice of what to, what to say to those teenagers' uh, parents, don't you? Before you're a parent. And then you become a parent. And it's not quite so easy, is it? The Bible says being a parent is a glorious and a wonderful task. And the Bible also warns us that there is heartache and there is great challenge. So Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, and he says, church, church, families matter. And he actually addresses the children he addresses the children. This is phenomenal that in Holy Scripture, given 2,000 years ago, they actually honored the children enough that they addressed the children. God addressed children and families in the Bible. Why, in the ancient world, children were to be 
unseen and unheard, and just stay out of the way, because if you're in the way as a child, why? You're in trouble. Well, Christianity honors children. Christianity honors teenagers. Christianity honors fathers and mothers. And so he writes, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. So far the reading from Ephesians in the Word of God. It can be hard. I'm reminded of a story about the Wild West. A cowboy was riding across the plain, and he sees an Indian there with his ear on the ground. And he comes up to the Indian, and he looks at him. The Indian was muttering to himself, Mmm, stagecoach. Mmm, three people inside. Four horses, three gray. One black, two men, one woman, Mm, moving west. And the cowboy was amazed. And and he said, you can tell all that just by having your ear on the ground? And the Indian said, "Mm, no, stagecoach run me over 30 minutes ago. And that's how some of us feel as parents, don't we? You know, parenting is great, but sometimes we just feel like we got run over. And there's kids, kids everywhere. There's dirty diapers, and there's more laundry to do. And then there's the phone call from the principal at school. And then there's all the drama. And sometimes you feel run over. Well, according to the Bible, yes, there are challenges, but it is still a joyful blessing from the Lord when He gives you children. And so, the Bible speaks very clearly about our duty, moms and dads. And starting down in verse 4, he says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children, but instead, and now I believe this is addressed, as you read Proverbs 31, and uh, this is addressed both to fathers and mothers, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Two words there. Two words there. In training and instruction. What is this word for training? This word training actually uh, has to do with, uh, with a, a kind of um, reaching, of, of bringing obedience by reaching the conscience. It's the Greek word nuthesia. It speaks of bringing obedience by reaching the conscience. And of course, what's the great danger as a parent? One of the great dangers is that you train your child to obey with outward conformity without ever reaching their heart. But this word here for us, moms and dads, says you not only train them with outward conformity, you have to reach the conscience. And then the second is, uh, uh, the second word there and is just straight-out instruction. And here, it's training with an accent on correction. 
that children tend to go off the path. They tend to stray. And the job of the parent, the mom and the dad, is as they leave the path, they get near the edge of the cliff, and sometimes we see them there right on the edge of the cliff. If there's the correction, is to pull them away from the cliff. So, what sort of things do parents need to train their children in this kind of training? See, moms and dads, you think sometimes the only thing you need to do is get them ready for a job, right? Maybe, hopefully, your child will eventually get a job and have a career. And in some cultures, that's very important. I have a Jewish friend. My Jewish friend loves to make fun of Jewish moms. And now I'm not going to stereotype it, but he, he tells the story of, of the Jewish grandmother at the beach with her family, her children and grandchildren, and her son, this, you know, prominent physician, and, you know, it's just the, she's just in her glory, and uh, there she looks out, and her son is swimming out in the waves, and he's struggling, he's struggling, he's, he's gone down under the water, and so she runs over to the lifeguard, and she shouts, help, help, my son, the doctor is drowning, my son, the doctor is drowning, you see, <laughs> sometimes that's all we care about, moms and dads. That's not what's important to God. What is important to God is character. And your duty is to train and instruct your children in the ways of the Lord. Like what? Like what, you ask? What do I need to teach? You need to teach them the Bible. You need to teach them God's Word. From infancy, Paul learned the Scriptures. You need to teach your children how to pray. Pray with them. Pray for them. Teach them the art of prayer. What else do you need to teach them? You need to teach your children about conflict resolution. Pity the poor child whose parents are just bullies, who only win arguments through force, who never learn how to repent or to turn back. Pity that poor child. Why, your duty, mother and father, is to teach your children how to resolve conflicts according to Matthew 18 and all the principles that Jesus teaches us in his life and in his ministry. What else do you need to teach your children about? You need to teach them about sex. You need to teach them about chastity and modesty before marriage, and you need to teach them about the glory and the goodness of sexual relations in marriage. You! Not the health teacher, you. What else? You need to teach them about money, don't you? Who's going to teach your children about earning money, about debt and the dangers of debt? Who's going to teach them about paying their bills in an honorable way? Who's going to teach them about saving and preparing for tomorrow? All these things the Bible speaks about. Who's going to teach them? You are. Who's going to teach them how to have devotions and to meet the Lord? You see, the list is long. Do you feel it? Do you feel it, moms and dads? We have to teach our children and train them in the Lord. And this is no easy task. It's no small task. You know why it's not an easy task? It's not easy because of the corruption on the outside. In this world, there is so much that militates against, that fights against 
your children growing in godliness. 2 Timothy 3, 1 and 2 says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be, listen to this list, lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, and you know what the next one is? Disobedient to parents. Whoa. In, in the list of all these terrible sins of the culture is this one, disobedient to parents. Wow. Serious. Corruption on the outside. But even what's even worse than that is the corruption on the inside. Now, I don't want to insult your dear little junior, okay? Your junior is a, your, your little daughter, your wonderful son. I, I don't want to insult them. But you know what? They are depraved. They are totally depraved. Now, not utterly depraved. That's a mistake. You think it, we don't believe the, the doctrine of utter depravity. Nobody is as bad as they could be. But there is not one part of their life that is unaffected by the fall of man, by sin inside them. Regarding money, there's sin. Regarding sex, there's sin. Regarding their relationships to each other as siblings, they, they end up, what, do they pound on each other because they're so loving? There is corruption inside your children, and you need to be aware of it, just as you need to be aware of it in your own life, okay? Corruption on the outside, corruption on the inside, and then to make it even harder for the children. That makes it so much harder is the Bible teaches in the book of Proverbs that foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. Proverbs 22, 15. They're not grown up yet. And, I, and, and we need to take that into account. You shouldn't expect your 10-year-old to have the maturity of a 20-year-old. Even Jesus had to grow. And you see, I love, I love this verse in Luke 2, 52, describing for us Jesus. He grew in four ways. It says, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. It's verses like this that persuade me the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit, so comprehensive, so just brilliant as, as the Holy Spirit gave that to Luke. Jesus grew intellectually. He grew physically. He grew socially. And he grew spiritually, even though he never sinned. And our children, moms and dads, need to grow intellectually, and they need to grow physically, and they need to grow socially, and they need to grow spiritually, and God commands you to watch out for them and instruct them as they do. Now, verse 1 addresses the children straight out. And so, parents, you need to, your children do need to memorize this verse. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Unpack this, this word obey. Let me explain this word to you. When you're asking your children to obey, you're asking them, it's, it's, it's a word that has to do with hearing. Under, it's under hearing. And the picture is the child actually listens up to mom and dad in order to comply with what mom and dad ask for. 
And that's what obedience is. You're hearing. You're listening. Children, don't put your fingers in your ears when your mother is talking to you. Listen. Don't put your finger in your ears when your father is talking to you. Listen. They have something to tell you. That's why, the, the, you know, the Bible does address children. Children are a part of the covenant community. We believe in covenant theology in this church. We don't tell children they're on the outside and maybe one day they can come into the church at some age of accountability. Children are addressed as part of the covenant community. It's why we baptize our children. Because they are dedicated to God and they are raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And fathers and mothers look to the promises in faith as they raise their children. This is so important. Children obey your parents in the Lord and heed their word and obey right away. In our family, we taught our children what's called first-time obedience. You heard the story of the little girl. Uh, her mother is telling her to, to please come and set the table for dinner. And uh, what does the little girl say? The little girl doesn't go yet. What, 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 your mother's calling you. Why don't you go? She says, oh, <laughs> mommy hasn't used her really mad voice yet. <laughs> you see. You, children, do you have to wait until mommy uses her really mad voice? No. Don't tolerate that, moms and dads. You don't, you don't wait. Don't, don't allow the waiting. Hupakuo, you're listening, you're obeying, and you're responding. That's what the, that's what the clear uh, text is saying here. And children are to obey their parents. What's the phrase say? In the Lord. In the Lord, you see. This is not... It's good advice for non-Christian families for children to learn to obey their moms and dads, but guess what? This text is not addressing them. Children of believers are in the Lord. We look to them. We raise them. As soon as they are able to sing, we teach children to sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That's why VBS is so important, by the way. Vacation Bible School puts these songs in the minds and hearts of the children, and they have age-appropriate faith, and it's so wonderful. So wonderful. Obey in the Lord. You say, is this a sermon just about parenting? No, this is a sermon about the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is so exciting to us? It's who Jesus is. Moms and dads, best takeaway you can have from this is for you to be in love with your God, in love with your Savior, because when you're in love with your God, then God is the highest good in your life. I didn't make this up. You know, Jonathan Edwards, one of my greatest uh, teachers, he writes this. You see, it's in the Lord. God is the highest good of the reasonable creature. What does he mean? The enjoyment of him is the only happiness with which our souls can be satisfied. To go to heaven and fully to enjoy God is infinitely better than the most pleasant accommodations here. What's the most pleasant accommodations you ever had? Uh, sandals, beach, all-inclusive, all right? Uh, or Club Med, one of those resorts down in, in Cancun, 
Jonathan Edwards says, that the enjoyment of God is better than the most pleasant accommodations here. Fathers and mothers, Edwards is still writing, fathers and mothers, husbands, wives, children, the company of earthly friends are but shadows, but the enjoyment of God is the substance. They are but scattered beams. God is the sun. These are but streams. God is the fountain. These are but drops. Drop, drop, drop. God is the ocean. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Teach your children to know and love the Lord, he says here. For this is right. For this is right. And then verse 2 begins, honor your father and your mother. And the emphasis here is on attitude, not just pick up your socks. Okay, the socks are up. Now it's on attitude. And so the fifth commandment of the Ten Commandments, honor your father and your mother, rules out reluctant obedience. I read this week a story of a little boy jumping up on the kitchen table. He's on the kitchen table, jumping up and down on the kitchen table, jumping away, and the father comes into the kitchen. He says, whoa, stop that, get down. And the boy keeps jumping on the kitchen table, jumping up and down on the kitchen table. His father says, sit down. He raises his voice, and finally the boy stops jumping on the table, climbs down, sits down in the chair, crosses his arms, and boldly declares, I'm sitting on the outside, but I'm still standing on the inside. And when you see that, moms and dads, it is your duty to address that, because that is dishonoring. Proverbs 12, verse 1, says a bad word. Oh, the children are all listening. Proverbs 12, verse 1 says, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Some of you kids say, oh, we're not allowed to say that word and call my brother that. Okay, yeah, you're not allowed to call your brother that, but the Bible might. If you hate correction, the Bible says you are stupid. So we want kids that will... Uh, learn not to just defy their parents. The word honor has to do with giving weight to someone. It's taking, you know, a, a, a dumbbell, and it's saying, it's holding this, it's saying, you, you are weighty to me. You see, you matter to me. There's weight in you. I care about you. But instead, to dishonor someone is to take like a cotton ball, and say, you, this is what I think of you. You know, when somebody says, he blew you off, you see, what was he saying? He's dishonoring you. He's disrespecting you. He's, he's, he's dissing you, you see. What happens when children respect and honor their parents? The Bible says they will live long and be blessed in this world. Mr. Spock says this. What does he say? Anybody remember? 
Live long and prosper. You know, the Bible tells you in this verse how to live long and prosper. It says, honor your father and your mother. Now, this doesn't guarantee that every person is going to live to old age. The Bible teaches also that there are times when we die young. So, you know, you need to understand that. But as a general rule, children who honor their father and mother will live long and prosper. They will certainly avoid stupid things, like when you watch, uh, what's the TV show with Johnny Knoxville? Don't say it. Uh, that, um, you know, when he, he, a bunch of kids are all doing these crazy, stupid things and riding bicycles off of roofs and, and, uh, and uh, roller uh, on the skateboard behind the truck down the street, you know, uh, that you're not going to live long living that way. But the Bible says the best way is to live, to live long and prosper, is to honor your father and your mother. Now, Tony mentioned, and he was right to mention, that sometimes we grow up in homes with parents who are not godly Christians. And there is often pain, and there is often a lot of damage that parents do. What if your parents were damaging to you? What if your parents didn't love God? What if your parents didn't have the love of Christ? And do you still honor them? What do you do? You know, the Bible still says honor them. Never follow them into sin. Never follow them into sin. But the Bible does say still, though it may be hard and confusing for you, though it might be even sometimes difficult, still honor them. You know, in, in our own family, you know, my wife's mother is, is very anti-faith, very anti the things of Christ, very hostile and critical. And yet Nina, to her, uh, in, in submission to the Lord, still, still reaches out to, still blesses, still visits, still does the gardening for her mother and endures, endures the uh, slander and the libel and the, all the hard things that come with it. She still does it because she will honor her mother in the Lord. Some of you are good examples of that. I've seen that. You still honor your parents. This is right. This is good for you to do. If that is you, if that is you, I will tell you this, it's even more important for you to know God as your heavenly father. If you don't have an earthly father and an earthly mother who love you with this everlasting love, then you need God to be that for you. And he will be. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, he will always look upon your walls. He will never forsake you. He will never forget you. He will love you forever. So, it's in the Lord. Obey your parents. In the Lord, honor your father and mother. This is, I want to close with this, this is the commandment with a promise. And I want you to have this promise in your life, kids. That you honor your father and mother and ultimately honor and worship your heavenly Father. There will be blessing in your life. So give yourself to him now. Will you do that today? Will you resolve? We're going to just close now, and we're going to pray a prayer of thanks for our earthly parents, and then we're going to pray a prayer of thanks for our heavenly Father. We're going to do that now, and uh, we want to honor them. So let us bow our heads. Let us pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for 
the way you honored, well, certainly you honored your mother. Even as you hung on the cross, you turned to the Apostle John and you took care of your mother. You took care of her. You said, John, look out for my mom. You are an example to us of honoring, and so we want to follow in your footsteps. We want to thank you right now for our earthly parents. For some of us, that's really easy. We just say, Lord, you have blessed me. You've blessed me in so many ways. For some of us, it's not so easy. Our parents might have insulted us or demeaned us or even abused us. What can we do? We say, we will obey you because we are in the Lord. We are in the Lord. And you are our highest good. You're more pleasant than any other accommodation. There might be, there might be drops of water, but God, you are, the, you are the ocean. There might be little sunbeams, but you are the sun. And so, Lord, we love you and we worship you and we adore you. And we, we give ourselves to you, and we pray that you would then help us to even love someone who treated us like an enemy and to honor them. We ask for the children of our church, Lord. We have dozens and dozens of children and teenagers in this church. We pray for their souls. We pray that every one of them, Lord, would grow in the nurture and instruction of the Lord. They would love you, that they would join us in worship, that they would know you, that they would learn how to resolve conflicts, they would learn about sexuality, they would learn about money and work, they would learn your word laid up in their hearts. Oh, we pray for this, that they may walk with you all the days of their life. Help us to raise them then, Lord, we pray. We thank you, Savior, that you are with us. Our faith looks to you in this impossible task. We look to you and we believe you will help us, our great covenant God. In Jesus' name, amen.